0: Good evening, everyone. And thank you for coming on this rainy, gloomy evening um, to this wonderful event. Um, And first, I'd like to thank the Center for Middle Eastern Studies, the Program in Comparative Literature, um, the Department of Radio, Television, Film, and the Institute for Israel Studies for generously supporting this event. Years ago, when I was a graduate student, Sami Shalom Shitrit came to screen his latest film at UCLA. The film was entitled The Black Panthers in Israel Speak. It was a documentary on the activist group that in the early 1970s in Israel sparked what would become a civil rights movement for Mizrahim or Jews from Arab lands in Israel. The film electrified the audience. Many had not until that evening been aware of the existence of the Black Panthers anywhere outside of the United States and had not realized that the situation of Mizrahim in Israel had warranted activism, in some cases, radical activism. The Jewish-Israeli narrative, the national narrative, has promoted the myth of a culturally homogeneous populace. Sami Shalom Shitrit, whom we have the pleasure of hosting here at UT today and tomorrow, has consistently and persuasively challenged this notion of a cultural and historic homogeneity. In his scholarship, his films, his poetry, and his activism, Sami has helped reclaim a place for Arab Jewish culture in Israel and beyond. I'd like to read a very short poem from the collection *Man Morocco*, um, that gives a sense of Sami's use of everyday experience to comment on Israeli nationalism. And I should say that the translation from Hebrew is mine. <laughs> I take full responsibility. The poem is called I Went Down to the Beach. Over the lifeguard's hut, a red flag waves, and guarding it from above is a national flag. In my childhood, above the same hut waved a red, white, or black flag, and matching it was the color of the speedo worn by Zilbel, the lifeguard. So we'd know the water's mood, how deep to swim, how far. And even if we went far, and the shore twinkled like a far-off continent, we always knew that Ashdod was before us, the whole land of Israel. The only blue was in the sky, and the white in the foam of the breaking waves.
1: Beautiful. I mean, <laughs> you wrote it. Very <laughs> <laughs> so nice.
0: Currently a professor of Hebrew language, literature, and culture at Queens College in New York, Sami was a founder of Hakeshet Demokratita Mizrachit, a Demokratit a, Mizrahit, a Mizrahi coalition for social justice, and of the Kedma alternative school system, which promoted a multicultural curriculum in Israel. He has published a comprehensive history of Mizrahim, the Mizrahi struggle in Israel, 1948 to 2003, a novel, The Doll's Eye in 2007, several books of poetry, including Frecha is a Beautiful Name, from 1995, Jews, from 2008, Ashdodian Poems, 2003, and the latest, a collection called Zman Morocco-Morocco Time, 2015. His films include The Black Panthers in Israel Speak, from 2003, Come Mother, On His Mother's Generation of Moroccan Women in Israel, from 2009, and the film we are about to watch this evening, Shattered Rhymes, on the Moroccan-Israeli poet Erez Biton. A question-and-answer session will follow the screening. Um, It will be moderated by Lior Sternfeld, without whom this event would not have happened tonight. So thank you to Lior. Um, For now, it's my pleasure to invite Sami to say a few words about the film.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to say a few things about uh, the movie itself. I want to mention my partner on this film, uh, Jonathan Jonathan Shetri happened to be my son also, but he's responsible for all the artwork in this film. So if you liked it. and uh, And it was done by uh, the help of two I have to say this in every screening. <laughs> Uh, two foundations, the Gesher Foundation for uh, Multicultural uh, uh, Cinema and the uh, Avichai Foundation. And uh, from here, I think we can do it with questions. So I won't start uh, lecturing. I'll <laughs> the you, first question. Huh? You
2: will ask the first question. Okay.
1: Sure.
2: Uh, <coughs> can you tell us a little bit about your... Uh, relationship with Ares Bitton? Uh, how did
1: you get to know him? How did you... Um, what, was, yeah. what was the connection between you? Well, for me, Aris Bitton uh, was really uh, more than inspiration. He, for my generation, you talked <laughs> about your generation. <laughs> for my generation, he was really... Uh, it was something new first of all, surprising. I think I was uh, 16, maybe, seven. Yeah, when his first book came out. And my father was very obsessive buying anything. It wasn't much. (laughs) Published by uh, 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 Mizrahim in Israel. Any journal, any book, any poetry. And uh, it was surprising because you have to go back in time, and until that point in time, somewhere, when his b- first book came out, it was 76, but he published some poems before that, uh, the end of the 60s already, but uh, I didn't read those uh, in journals. It was surprising, because until then, uh, literature in Israel, Hebrew literature, uh, poetry, of course, <clears throat> Really dealt with the very uh, specific defined world i mean if you, if you go if you went to school in israel k to twelve today is, is almost the same case, but uh, especially then when I went to school so the the world of reference as we call it, is Europe, of course, uh, Jewish Europe and Europe in general, and the motives of, of Jewish life in Europe. And uh, names of cities, names of places, uh, uh, languages, etc. So it was all looking over there. And of course, also what happened uh, uh, in Israel. Uh, 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 poets that were active in the land and wrote, of course, about uh, about the wars, about the pioneer experience, about this and that. This was out of the blue. This was uh, even a little, uh, can he do that? I mean, (laughs) it was (coughs) very strange. You know, who published this? Because he writes about this singer in the court of the king in Morocco, and this love song, uh, really, uh, to the king of Morocco, and uh, and the names of places, and words in Moroccan Arabic all of a sudden uh, in his words. This was new, never done before, and it was uh, uh, inspiring, Is an understatement. And uh, I, I didn't write poetry then. It took, uh, well, I wrote love poems to some <laughs> girls, but we all, we all did. <laughs> and, uh, but, but really, uh, it was inspiring. It's that moment that she, she said, I have to do something. I have to take this uh, further. And uh, it took some time. I can go on and on and, and, and tell about uh, his poetry, but uh, I even, uh, when he, he first published his journal, Apirion, which was also something new, today it's not very, uh, anymore, a uh, central uh, uh, literary journal, but it a uh, cultural journal. But, but then it was very important, it was one of a kind. And uh, so I, I was, um, you know, I was in the beginning of writing some poems, and I uh, took the courage. There was no internet, so you can't just type something and and send, and it's published, and you are a poet, and you get 500 likes and bestseller. So, but then you have to really <laughs> type those on the you know typewriter and. And uh, and put it in an envelope and a stamp and uh, and then wait and wait. I was maybe 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 twenty years old, no more than that. And wait and wait and wait and wait and and then I got an answer from him. It was uh, of course then was very disappointing, but today I think it was beautiful. And it was like just uh, two lines or three lines, and my poems inside the the envelope. So I was. <laughs> very disappointed he said oh he didn't like it oh i don't want to write poetry anymore and uh, but he said something he says i can see that you have the passion for this i can see the he said Nitsanim, you know the the first uh, i can see that something like he, you have it in you but it's going to take much longer than you think and <laughs> I was even more disappointed. And he said, it's like in Moroccan Arabic, uh, uh, we say schena. Schena is, a, in, in Yiddish, churnt, You know, this, it had to cook for a long time. So it says, it's just like churned. Don't open the lid every moment to see if it's ready. Don't, don't, don't stir it. Don't touch it. Just wait and wait. It was beautiful. Today I can say that. But then it was just uh, I didn't write anything for <laughs> a long time, and uh, but I was reading a lot, and he 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 started publishing others and uh, people who followed and stories and interviews and it was really uh, um, you know we always, we waited for the next uh, issue, so it was you know I just my life took it's you know course, and I, I was writing after a while. <clears throat> took some time until I published something, as he said, and uh, those days, of course, you depended on the editors of the literary supplements or some journals, and uh, just about seven, ten people, uh, and, and you just wait, and uh, there's no other way to publish anything. So the Internet, is impossible to imagine the world of literature without uh, uh, without this, without uh, the web, and uh, you know I wrote and, and I wrote uh, uh, you know poetry and slowly I started publishing Well, fast forward to our days about uh, two years ago, or three actually even more, before we started making the movie i uh, I got a little grant to write a paper on Heires-Bitton, nice abstract, what I want to do. And uh, and I said, you know, there was nothing there. Three, four years ago, there was nothing there. Today, there's so much published about Heires-Bitton. There's a whole book of articles about his poetry. There's chapters in books. There's so much. But then there was nothing. It was two things, maybe, not even complete articles. Um, and I said, well, I have to talk to him. You know, the, the, go and talk to him. And I went to talk to him. So, And we knew about each other, but, you know, I saw him maybe in, a, in a, this and that occasion, but uh, not uh, in person. <clears throat> I mean, not uh, this intimate. So I asked for his permission to use the uh, there was no even iPhone then, I don't remember. But there was those little cameras, flip, they called them flip cameras, the little tripod. And I said, I, do you mind, instead of recording, I will just videotape this. It will be easier for me to then sit down and write it down. And so we had a very long conversation, five, six hours, with some breaks and food in and, and his house and his lovely wife, Rachel. And then I took her home to start working on this and, and I look at it and, and he, he has this very dramatic face. I don't know if you went through here because the black wasn't black enough it's, it's the screen it's, it's different and, um, and and then I thought to myself, well I'll, I'm, I started writing and the, the paper that Supposed to be 15, 17 pages, otherwise, no one would publish it. Already became over 50 pages, and I'm writing and writing. And then I stopped and I said, i am going to write for? You know, some 200 people will read it. And, and, but this is so strong on the screen, it's, it's just let him talk. And I stopped and I called him and I said, Do you mind if we do this? <laughs> Really, as a movie, but I'll take you here. I'll take you there. And and he was uh, actually he was thrilled. He said, you know, there's, uh, there's something I was hoping someone will do, but if you're gonna do it, I'll be very pleased. And uh, for me, it was uh, it was a great journey. You know, we spent so much time together, and uh, there's so much to say, so many anecdotes about his poetry, about his the reading of his poetry. Uh, and the fact that he is blind also, and uh, he reads, uh, doesn't read really. He just uh, recites from his head, and uh, and I follow with the, you know, I have the the book, so I said, okay, let's read this poem. Let's try this one. So then he skips a line. He he, he reads the last line, in the middle, in the middle, in the, in the end, and and. Uh, so I whispered to my son and the cameraman. I said, "What do we do? He's skipping." Uh, stuff. I said, "What do you care?" <laughs> he said, "Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good take, <laughs> so he skipped the line. <laughs> so we didn't do any uh, second t- take, uh, uh, and and so we have different uh, things there. And I talked to him about this, and he said, "It's it's the way." That morning, (laughs) I felt like reading the poem. Or these are the words that came out, (laughs) the way they came out. So it was it was an amazing experience, you know. Too long of an answer for a short. I
2: have another question uh, pertaining to the elections, the upcoming elections, and the presence of the ethnic identities. which Herzlbiton represents one one facet <coughs> of it. Um, so we see that now the ethnic identities play out really well uh, throughout the, the the entire political map in Israel. Uh, what do you think is the place of people like of writings of social activism such as uh, such as yours and and his writing and intellectual work that had been done Mm. around uh, Mizrahi identities?
1: Well, one thing you can say, when he was writing, he was inventing a language that wasn't there before. He was searching for a voice that wasn't there before. That's the essence of his poetry, really searching, you know. Uh, 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 and then and then the search becomes the voice which is uh, a miracle and uh, 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 i hope you understand what i'm saying <laughs> you know is uh, the process becomes really the content you know you're looking for something and then the journey is the thing you were looking for and it was it's a miracle when it happens it doesn't happen that often in in cultures and uh, so there was no Discourse to support what he was doing. He was right when he said I was alone. I was I was at, at that time. Uh, some people wrote, of course, uh, mainly prose, but still you can you can name them like Shimon Ballas and Sami Michael and Eli Amir and Erez Biton. Maybe I skipped one, and that's it. So there was no like a discourse around today. You're talking about. Uh, Maybe some um, 30 years of writing, at least 25 years of writing in, in every field. So you're talking not about RS generation, but my generation. So he's like in between, because my generation is called the second generation. And uh, 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 so you see so much uh, research, so much uh, music. Uh, this course is not just uh, scholarship. And uh, and uh, uh, so today uh, there is a language. I mean, you can say uh, Mizrahi poetry, like you say, or literature, like you say African American poetry or literature. You can say Mizrahi music, of course. for A long time. You can say today. Uh, uh, a, a Mizrahi cinema like you can say African American cinema or Latino cinema etc and it, it wasn't it wasn't a language even allowed when you talk about the times of Ferris Beaton. because of, of this uh, uh, um, you know um, false uh, melting pot uh, kind of kind uh, of um, unity, uh, uh, you know, ideas, and, and not just ideas, policies. And uh, so he couldn't say anything. He could say Israeli, basically. But, of course, uh, so today, of course, you see, so, so today if something happens, today if there is a, a talk, uh, like in election time, about... Uh, uh, the place of Mizrahim in Israeli society today, uh, what kind of power they have, they don't have to change uh, society for everybody, uh, but of course for their lives, uh, their future. So there is so much that comes in. And also it's networking, so, so, so many people, and so much uh, solidarity with many differences, of course but it's a whole different kind of, of uh, uh, reality uh, elections overrated you know <laughs> all together i mean but uh, because all of this was achieved without uh, establishing any political party or going to the test of the the ballot and on election day so this you know, the real change happens from outside. Martin Luther King did not run for any office or <laughs> any position. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't because then he just became a politician. Uh, uh, but uh, those are things that happen from outside and, 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 and they're powerful because uh, you don't have to taste them like in, in uh, how many votes. Uh, people can be dynamic about it take a little bit from here a little bit from there no, nothing is 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 uh, uh, you know no obligation to take it all or live it all like in election says choose this or this so you you can so there there is a great role of course because because the young generation will be the third generation already uh, much more Uh, politically uh, conscious and and, uh, informed and uh, I should say proud, you know. In my days, you don't say uh, I'm Mizrahi. I'm Mizrahi. The word did not even uh, exist as as identity, uh, you know, uh, category category uh, you know definition and uh, and it really didn't exist at all as a collective before it, it's it's it was made in israel uh, uh, all this uh, political uh, uh, coming together so so but i see the, the, the young ones are very proud they're very connected they're very, uh, they very they don't have the questions uh, of who, who am I and what? You know, they are other questions, of course, but, uh, uh, and they always say that, and they write about it, uh, that uh, they can rely on so much uh, ground that was, uh, you know, and discourse and, and infrastructure and, and of thought and, and networking. And, uh, you know, I can just feel... Uh, uh, fortunate to see this and to, to watch Ares Bitton and other people and see the, the young people. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answer the question yeah. about Absolutely. elections. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um,
0: thank you so much for bringing this movie. You me. take the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we're really lucky to be an audience and as I was watching it, I was starting to wonder if as you were making it, you felt you had an ideal audience for the film and I'm thinking about this especially because we're talking so much about margins and the center and, and generations and the way that they do or don't understand one another and so I wondered if in those conversations there's a viewership that you most wanted the film to be reaching.
1: Yeah, it's always an excellent question <laughs> and, and a tough one to ask before you start. <laughs> making a a film like this. Well, we did. We thought it's a universal kind of uh, uh, film and story. And there was a debate, I mean, between us, how much to go and emphasize his... uh, blindness, which is very central to to so much. At the end, when he says those little images, those few images I have in my head are like little jewels that I play with. And, uh, uh, it is, really. The memories he had until uh, he was 11. And then the, that's all he got as far as images. and uh, And he can say, he can describe. He says, I know what blue is. I can see it when I tell you blue now and it's 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 different than than uh, people uh, that were born uh, but it's amazing because it's that's all he got but he was he was processing that for so many years in his head. We thought we should go with the the blindness as well uh, and uh, although we didn't uh, read his, he his, he has uh, at that point he didn't have the new book now he has a new book of only about his blindness, which is fascinating. This is—he didn't do that, and it's interesting. People, many people, did not know he was blind, because he didn't write. You know, his first collections of poetry—almost nothing uh, there. One, two poems here and there, and, and he couldn't tell really what he's talking about. And uh, so it's universal, and 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 uh, that's so unique. Uh, a way to describe the world in with so many colors and, and and sounds and images and you don't see anything really and really we think he 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 sees we always said that about his poetry way before this movie that he sees so many things much better than than all of us with the glasses and whatever and um, so it's interesting about talking from, to us from darkness, and it was a decision also to do this on a black screen, very dark room, uh, which was his living room. And um, so the audience, the immediate audience, of course, was Israeli-Hebrew uh, readers, uh, speakers, readers, of course. Uh, it's always, when you do that, it's the immediate audience. But the test of this is really, and I always say that about documentary films, and films in general, the test is is really when you take it somewhere, uh, and, you know, maybe most people, I don't know how many people here heard about Alice before. Maybe few, I don't know, maybe all of you, that would be amazing. But uh, it's, you know, it's introduction, it's uh, some kind of portrait. I was screening this in Morocco in a festival in Agadir about three months ago with French subtitles. Moroccans need French subtitles. It was an international uh, film festival, so but everything there is French. And uh, so I, I, I wasn't sure, because it's this... It's different. I mean, they have, uh, and the 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 theme was diaspora uh, cinema. So all these Moroccans living abroad, bringing the films, and there is, you know, gave me the the honor to bring my film as a Moroccan living abroad as well. But it's different because he's he transformed himself through Hebrew, which is so. I mean, they know about Hebrew as a language of the synagogue, uh, the language of prayer, of course. uh, All all Muslims in Morocco know when you tell them about Hebrew. But this is uh, now a a Moroccan poet writing about uh, memories uh, uh, and people coming from this land. So it was a fascinating uh, conversation afterwards, especially many students that were there and uh, And they got it, <laughs> so it 's like i wasn 't sure you know it 's going to be confusing what it is uh, yeah, and they, they were uh, they had so many questions about Moroccans living in Israel, yeah, in some other places it's uh, in Israel, of course it was broadcasted in, in on t v on the the documentary channel on cable for a long time it was like on their program, and um, it was uh, it was in some festivals and was uh, received uh, uh, very well. So the audience naturally will be in Israel, but uh, you are the audience.
3: Oh, um, Dunn spoke briefly about the times of social order helping Israeli Jews adjust. But he only spoke very briefly. Could you maybe really expand upon his time and maybe how that I mean, clearly influenced his uh, quest
1: for developing that? Very crucial because then, he, then, then the chapter in Tel Aviv, when he talks about coming to Tel Aviv after that experience in Ashkelon, but also you see how he's changing perspectives. He was a child; they they were brought to the the, the land in 49 in 49. 49 was just right after the 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 war which we call 1948 war but it, it's not really It started in 47 and continued into 49 so they were brought there that's how he got hurt there were still uh, bombs and stuff uh, uh, in those fields uh, they were uh, they were uh, so uh, so 49 he's an uh, uh, immigrant kind made into a, a refugee settled in uh, a, a neighborhood in a town of uh, Palestinians who were all uh, expelled from there. And actually, the case of Lod is re- very well documented. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then he goes to school because he got blind. So he was lucky to get good education. He was sent to the school of the blind was established by German Jews. Uh, so it's all classics, the music, the literature, everything. <laughs> uh, and and uh, so he get that education and goes to university and get his degree. And then he comes back to a, a new uh, town of immigrants, now as a, as a social worker. So it's interesting how he changes angles of, of his Israeliness, of his uh, Mizrahi identity uh, is a Moroccan and now he's, uh, he's the one uh, uh, trying to help those people uh, uh, and, and 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 no much was to do but just you know to try to accommodate the, whatever you know uh, uh, their needs were and and then and then after those 7 years really because those 7 years uh, took him back home after he's been for, like, uh, 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 altogether 15 years in that school and the university. And then he goes back home to these people. Really, these are the people. And uh, But then he decides to go to Tel Aviv. He really wants to try to, you know, to do something in the big city. And, uh, and then there he feels really... Uh, uh, the big uh, uh, cultural shock <laughs> coming from a little certain uh, uh, a town of, of uh, new immigrants to Tel Aviv that is already in the beginning of the 70s, uh, a, a end of the, the 60s, um, pretty much uh, established uh, um, new secular uh, Western... Uh, the culture is Ashkenazi-dominated, the Café Roval that he mentions, uh, as they were the, all the Bohemia uh, uh, sitting there, and, uh, and, and and then he doesn't, he doesn't fit. <laughs> so it's not just metaphorically. He really can find himself there. And, of course, not his voice. But he was sure, because he did the right things, and he got this education, and he got all this, that he's now coming to the right place. And these people will, of course, uh, uh, consider him as one of theirs. And uh, it didn't happen. He was on the margins. Even when he started, uh, but that that really, those years in Ashkelon, uh, 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 that was the raw material. He didn't write poetry in Ashkelon, which is amazing. Because he writes beautiful poetry, if you read the Hebrew, of course. It's just beautiful. It's just, he uh, 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 doesn't write much not too too much poems in every volume but every poem is beautiful beautiful, the Hebrew is amazing so beautiful but he never wrote before that anything which is amazing, so it just comes and everything explodes uh, yeah, and then he tries to to uh, publish and uh, Little here, little there, but most people. Not so long ago, I found a a, a newspaper clip about his uh, first book, uh, uh, and it was uh, uh, perceived like um, with the, you know, with the the, uh, descriptions like folklore. You know, not uh, oh, it's it's nice. It's a nice folklore. You know, it's like you know the. The Indians have folklore and the others have culture. It's always, you know, you have folklore and it's always oh. Europe is the t- culture and the rest is folklore. And uh, it's sweet about his grandmother, about his mother. It's, it's very nice, but it's not really poetry. Because you should read the poetry at the time. It's a whole different. You should read Natanzakh at the time and Dalia Rabikovic and, and, and uh, the people who, who write at the time. and. Uh, Good poetry, some of them, of course. But it's, it's something else altogether. Irony, a lot of irony. That was the, really the time of irony in poetry, uh, led by Nathan Zach. It's a whole different kind of poetry. So it took a long time. It took really developing an army of scholars and discourse and all that to really bring this. And now he, he won some very important prizes, like... Uh, uh, Brenner, and uh, recently uh, Bialik, was it? No. Yeah. yeah, Bialik just recently. And now he's nominated for the Israel uh, Prize for Literature, so I don't know if he's going to get it. But it took a long, long, long time for someone like him, because when you talk about Della Arabicovich, she was 25, she was already a, a star in the in skies of uh, literature in Israel. Because there was an infrastructure, or as uh, uh, forgot uh, the name of that uh, theorist, call it uh, literary republic. What's the name of it? I forgot French. Uh, there was a republic of literature. Huh? Mm-hmm. What's it's the name? Casanova. Ah, eh? Casanova. yeah, Casanova. No, no, no. I don't think so. I wouldn't remember. Never mind, but it's this republic of poetry meaning journals, discourse, studies in universities, curriculum um uh, publishers editors, so you have all that of course and if you if you fit of course this is this is your home and you can you can grow there when you don't have that you can just Wait to just invent yourself <laughs> with others. So, so, Ashkelon was those seven years a social worker, crucial. Rachel. Want, um, again, I'd like to
3: thank you for bringing this high level so film here to to kind of speak to us. Um, I was uh, struck by the cinematic choice to have most of the, I guess, predominantly a, a monolingual film and I suppose logistical reasons for that. And I'm just thinking about also the film Forget Baghdad by the director Samir, and I'm thinking about in your poetry the preponderance of Moroccan Arabic and French, and I'm not familiar as familiar with Bouton's poetry, so I don't know to what extent he also yeah. pulls on words in Moroccan Arabic or French, but I'm wondering if there was ever any impulse when the two of you were speaking to have more words from your childhood, the words that you commemorate in your poems, or if you thought about that as a potential cinematic device and I'm wondering how the decisions that you thought about or maybe did or didn't make with this film had to reflect, of course, on the filmmaking process, but also what they say about the potential for Mizrahi identity in Israel and the future of Mizrahi identity in Israel.
1: So I just want to uh, uh, try to understand the first part of your question. So you said, it was... Uh, meaning we didn't use uh, Arabic much in, in the film? That was...
3: Well, it, I suppose I just was, given the, um, the multilingual nature of, of, of your poetry... So
1: it's not apparent, it's not, it's not in the film, you mean, in, his, in this film? his
3: Right, right That the conversation was, and I oh, it's not okay. natural after so many years living in Israel, but I yeah. was just um, struck, by, struck by, it seemed like there could have been opportunities in the film to include yeah. more um, French or Arabic, and I was just struck by the decision yeah. not to
1: well, because this is this is it this is the reality I heard a lot of the we can
3: because what could
1: be yeah because I'm just we curious. yeah it's interesting it's a great question i did a film before this with my mother and her um, classmates in morocco so about 60 something years ago and uh, so there, of course, it's natural because they speak Moroccan still and they speak French still and they mix all of them. Actually, there is no one sentence. <laughs> I showed that uh, movie in Casablanca as well and the Moroccans were very disappointed. They said there is no one, <laughs> one straight sentence in Moroccan Arabic that there is no Hebrew in it. There is no one Hebrew sentence that there is no Moroccan in it. I said, because that's what it is. I mean, you study linguistics. This is is what, you know, who knows? And that's the language. It's amazing. So the words in everyday language in my generation are expressions of different things, but not really even using sentences. I was surprised when I went to Morocco that I could use the language, because I didn't speak the language. I heard the language so much. And I spoke last time maybe when my grandmother was alive it was a long time ago, and I was surprised when I came there and blah, blah, and and then it started like a, an old the uh, rusty engine it just started going, and then it was just uh, next time away it was already just flowing and i was i was I was surprised, but I heard so much of it um so Elzbiton doesn't speak. He can speak Moroccan. He can converse if he needs to in Moroccan, but he, he, that's not his uh, everyday language. And uh, so I don't know. You know, it would be interesting to have a conversation with him.
3: <laughs> no, there didn't seem any cinema- to be any cinematic uh, need or cinematic use for
1: perhaps highlighting that wasn't well enough. Hi- highlighting uh, Arabic words.
3: <laughs> Having
1: this linguistic, you know, register that, that exists that didn't seem useful for the sake of the film. Yeah. Could be. It's a thought. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. But uh, pretty much that's, that's... that's exactly a reflection of, of what it is in his poetry and in his uh, daily language. The second question... I'm going to write a book about it and send yeah, you a copy. <laughs> the future of misery <laughs> you know we don't predict the future. You know the saying in Hebrew <laughs> and those who those who predict the future, they' kids or fools, but uh, you can see where things going, you know. And where are things going? It's hard to see when you are in the eye of the storm, as we say, because it's happening. And you really have to, you know, me being in New York and, and going back and forth, even for me, it's, it's so hard to get a, a good perspective and to look on things because I'm, I'm so much involved. It will be a perspective of time to, re, to really realize what's happening but what's happening is is very uh, interesting and uh, today i think is is what really happens in many other cases like this in history and is that the uh, well if we look at Mizrahim today and we ask questions of uh, of uh, their place in, in culture it's not the question we used to ask in the 70s not even till the mid 80s of course not in the 60s and then we will ask uh, where is my place in the culture you define you know the hegemonic european ashkenazi uh, dominate uh, do, uh, uh, you know dominant culture so, where is my place? Make some room, you know. I have something to say. Those were the questions then. What about me? This is different. This is creating a whole new republic, if you want, of, of literature, of culture. So it's it's not even bothering with that question anymore. That's you know, my, my generation, still we did. You know, I have something. To say. Well, but we offered some alternative. The new generation, they don't even care. They don't even... Bother with with you know if they're gonna have a place in what is called a Israeli a, a culture. They just create the alternative. They create what is a, a, what they believe is their true a, identity, and this is a whole new thing because it's because it's really growing and growing and it's really m- multiplying and. And and uh, and it just in poetry in recent years, it's just amazing, you know. I'm bombarded in good poetry, and some of it is okay. But so much good poetry from young people doing something uh, totally independent and alternative, which is fascinating. Of course, in music, so much is happening, and in cinema, there is even theater, and there's. And so much to talk about, and and all of that is 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 happening for for itself by itself, and then it's working. I have this theory <clears throat> that it's working from the margins, pushing to the center. so the margins are becoming you still on the margins because someone distribute the resources the way they believe they should be distributed. We'll get to that point in the future but you widen the margins mm-hmm. the, the center is becoming so small it's going to collapse at the end it's just adjust or collapse and that's what happens to many colonial and neo-colonial uh, uh, societies uh, and and i think that pressure is pushing in and and, and it's go- people are trying to adjust we talked about this a little bit you know and and trying to to no, trying to fit in. Trying. There is no musician who doesn't try to to have uh, uh, some uh, uh, Mizrahi uh, uh, music uh, uh, in his uh, or her's uh, new album, new uh, uh, music, etc. So it's good because there's this new dynamic. But uh, and it's not a war. Nobody is even talking about a war or, or a struggle. Uh, people are really just trying to do. Uh, their thing, and uh, sometimes not knowing about each other, even in a small place. But today it's very hard not to know about each other. It's becoming a big uh, network. So I think the future uh, of Israel, that's why leadership of Israel, political leadership, is rejecting and uh, I'm so afraid of, for example, the Arab initiative for peace because that initiative talks about opening uh, peace and normal, normalizing life with all Arab states the same day. That's very scary. So it talks about opening embassies in Palestine and in Israel on the same day, in Jerusalem and Al-Quds, the same day and opening the borders for culture, for, for, for trade, for everything, meaning opening Israel to the east. Israel is not open to the east, as you know. There's even a wall there and a fence, etc. There's a mental wall, there's a wall, there's, there's so much denial. So there's a, that's a nightmare. That, that Arab initiative is really a nightmare because they want the wall, they really want the wall. Uh, 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 is a buffer. The wall is a motif, and it's there from the times of the first Zionist thinkers. Uh, has different names, but it's always there in, in the Zionist thinking of uh, of building a wall, of uh, as Herzl said, a, a, a yeah. fortress of uh, civilization against uh, uh, Asian barbarism. So, and the wall and the fortress. It's 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 really the way. Uh, the thinking was uh, then. Uh, so imagine opening the borders. It will be, in one generation, a process of very simple Arabization or re-Arabization of the land. And uh, for some people, it's a nightmare. <laughs> for Mizrahim, it will be a reconnecting uh, to... Uh, not just reconnecting, they're reconnecting already. There's so many mus- musicians are working with musicians. you don't have to see each other these days. Uh, Arab musicians everywhere, and, and the same in, in, in cinema, and so much is happening. But this will be big time, you know and it's a nightmare because uh, the illusion is that it's a European state. just happened to be in the wrong place, <laughs> really. <laughs> That's really. Some people still think that, including our dear Prime Minister. Okay.
2: All right. I want to thank you all for breaking <coughs> the weather and coming here. And thank you all. Thank the you
1: weather. This so is the summer. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.